You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. It's good to be here. So glad to be back again. Um, I love Rick and Debbie, Francis. You guys love them? Amazing pastors and leaders. And, and uh, I've, been, I've been seeing Rick around the region um, He's been plugging in with different connections around the, the central Indiana region. How many of you know that God's bigger than just your church? Amen. And the kingdom of God is not just individual churches, but it's actually, it's actually all his people and all his angels and everything that has to do with heaven. How many of you guys love heaven? Come on. Yeah. Heaven. It's, the, it's, the, it's what we're all looking to, but Jesus is actually wanting to get heaven to us. How many of you know that, that Jesus isn't waiting for you to die to experience heaven? He actually brought it to us. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, Jesus told us to repent for the kingdom of God is in our midst. Come on. We don't have to wait till we die or until some, some rapture may happen sometime in the future for us to experience it. He actually brought it to us. Amen. So anyway, I'm just thankful about that. I know Rick and Debbie are, are heaven on earth kind of people, and those are my favorite kind of people to hang out with. So I'm glad to be here this morning. My family just moved to Indiana again, um, just in March. So I'm glad to be back and being a Hoosier again. So yeah, good to be here. Um, I've, been, I've just been seeking the Lord about what's on his heart for you guys this morning. And uh, he stirred something in me, and I, I'm hoping that the Lord is going to speak to you through my message this morning. Um, I want to invite you into what I'm going to share this morning to not, not just be a sermon from a guest speaker, but actually to be an invitation from Jesus into something that he wants to do and increase in your life. Are you okay with that? So the, the, you get to determine the posture of your heart. You get to determine how you're going to hear it. It could be a sermon or it could be an invitation, your choice, amen? So I'm hoping that as I share some things that it won't just be stories, it won't just be verses, but it'll actually be impartations, okay? You guys good with that? Is that okay for a Sunday morning? Come on, I think you guys are going after some stuff. I I heard you guys have been um, going after the Holy Spirit here. He's my best friend. Okay, so he's here right now. I'm excited about that. And I, I wanted to actually open with a passage. Um, just a few days ago, I was reading my Bible. And uh, it, just in my, in my office at my house, I was reading this passage. And while I was reading it, the Holy Spirit came and landed on me. And I want to I read it to you. And I want to tell you which part he landed on me with, all right? Because when he landed, that was the significant part. It's Mark 12, I'm going to start with verse 1. It's Jesus talking to his people in parables. And he said, a man planted a vineyard. Can everybody say vineyard? Vineyard. Come on. I like that word. I just stop right there for a second because vineyards are really important to Jesus. Did you know that? Did you know that God actually considers his kingdom to be a vineyard? (laughs) And what do you think the, the, the owner of a vineyard is hoping to experience from the, from the vineyard? The a harvest? Harvest of what? Of, of what kind of fruit? Grapes. And what, what are they going to do with the grapes? They're going to make wine. Why is that important? How many of you know that Jesus brought us the new covenant? And with the new covenant, he actually gave us he had his disciples drink a cup of wine, didn't he? Not to get them drunk. <laughs> he wasn't trying to liquor them up. But he said that this cup is my blood. Amen? But Jesus, and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. But with the new covenant is not just blood. It's the wine called the new wine, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the, and the Lord loves his vineyard because he loves the Holy Spirit. And the, the wine, the vineyard, the, and, the, and the wine, it all is symbolic of the Holy Spirit becoming manifest amongst his people, amen? Glad, glad got one amen there, that's awesome. 
What, what is this church called? The Vineyard. And I love that. I love the name of your movement. I, I honor your movement. I, actually, um, I love John Wimber. How many of you guys are thankful for John Wimber? Amen. I, I'm from Bethel Church in, in Northern California, and Bill Johnson is the, is the senior leader of our church and movement. And, uh, and a lot of what he walks in today with the signs and wonders actually came through the, in, the inspiration and the training and the impartations of John Wimber. So that's pretty cool. You, you guys have a lot of heritage. And I, I hope that today I can actually touch on that some because there's a well for you guys. God has created a well for you guys and there's something to tap into that thing and uncap it because there's a flow of the Holy Spirit that he wants to bring more of to you. Amen? Come on, dynamite. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. So let me move on here. A man planted a vineyard. Everybody say vineyard. And he set a hedge around it and he dug a place for the wine vat. See, that's what it's all about is the wine. Everybody say wine vat. Who wants to be a wine vat? I want to be a wine vat. And he built a tower and he leased it to the vine dressers and he went into a far country. Now at vintage time, I'm just going to stop right there. Now at vintage time, and then he goes on and tells the parable. And the story actually progresses into a lot of not good stuff because he, he assigned these people to steward the vineyard and they didn't steward it well. And as a matter of fact, they started killing off the servants that, that he sent to them. But how many of you know that what Jesus gives us is good news? Amen? So killing off these people, that's not the good news. But what is the good news? The good news is there's a wine vat. <laughs> that's the good news. And, and when I read this the other day in my office, and it said, now at vintage time, the Holy Spirit fell on me right then. He said, Jesse, it's vintage time right now. He said, he said right now is vintage season. Everybody say vintage season. And when he said that, I felt his presence just fall on me. And the room was filled with his presence. And I felt the power and the love of the Holy Spirit right with me. And he said, he was saying, Jesse, you get to drink at will of me. Come on. He said, you get to drink at your own will because here I am. It's vintage time. It's vintage time, y'all. I'm telling you right now, it's vintage time. And it's good news because the Holy Spirit is here and he's saying, you can drink of me at will. Amen. He's here right now. Does anybody love the Holy Spirit? Well, before I progress, I want us to take a moment and have a drink. Is anybody thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit? If you're thirsty and, you, and you're able, please stand with me for a moment. If you're not able to stand but you want this, you don't have to stand. But if you can, just open your hands in receiving mode for a moment because I, I just want us to take a moment and let the Holy Spirit fall on us. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to fall on us right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to refresh every soul in here right now. In the name of Jesus. And I just declare over you all right now as you're receiving Jesus called out to the, to the people, anybody who's listening, he said, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. And as the scriptures have said, he who believes will, will have rivers of living waters flowing forth from your belly. Do we have any believers in here right now? Come on. That's you. He said, he who believes will have rivers of living water flowing forth from your bellies. And it says that that was the Holy Spirit he's referring to, this person we're talking to right now. And I just want to tell you that sometimes it might feel like it's hard to, to get the infilling. And sometimes our mind might even get in the way of that, and we make it harder than it needs to be. I want to tell you that Jesus is telling you right now it's easier than you thought to drink of the Holy Spirit. 
It's easier than you thought. Sometimes this world and sometimes religion will try to make us think that we got to do something to get this to happen. And he's saying, drink. Come on. Keep receiving, but I want you to take a look at me for a second while you're receiving, all right? You see this water right here? I want to show you how easy it is to take this in. Watch this. That was, that was easy. All I had to do was open myself in the right place and allow it to pour in. The water did the work. I did the receiving. And here's what Jesus said. He who believes will be filled. He who believes will be filled. He who believes rivers of living water will flow forth from your bellies. Drinking it's not, a, it's not a works mode. It's not a I'm trying to get God to do something mode. It's not a, Lord, how can I convince you to pour something into me? When he's saying it's already pouring, open up and receive. So, so believing is as simple as, as trusting that the water's coming in right now. So don't try to get the Holy Spirit to fill you. Receive what he's already doing. I think a lot of times we make faith to be us trying to muscle God into doing something. When he's saying faith usually is resting and receiving what I'm already doing. So I just, I just release. Holy Spirit, you are the river of water. You are the river of living water and you flow forth from the throne of God. And you're, you've never stopped flowing. If we have ever gotten dry, it's not because the river stopped. It's not because the river fluctuated in its force. It's simply because we pulled away from the water. But he's flowing. Amen? He's flowing. Just take a drink. Just take a drink right now. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. If you're, if you're, even if you're having trouble... Receiving, I, I want you to just declare to him by faith, and let's just all do this at the same time and say, Lord, I believe, I receive, and I'm drinking right now. And if you need to tell yourself again, just say it again, I'm drinking right now. Sometimes when I want to be filled and I'm not feeling it, I got to remember this thing we're talking about, that I, that that my believing is my drinking, that my believing is my receiving. It's not something I'm trying to get to happen, it's something I'm allowing to happen. Amen? All right, so I wanna, I wanna welcome you to sit, but I want also to welcome you to continue drinking because the Holy Spirit wants to do more this morning. Amen? All right, <clears throat> right on. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. Um, <clears throat> it's vintage time. And when he told me that, that was kind of, I believe, an assignment for me to share the wealth. For, for me to believe that, that I get to drink the, of his presence as much as I want. But it's the same promise for you guys, too. And you guys are the vineyard. Come on, this is the place. You're the people. You guys, it's your identity to be, to be wine drinkers. <laughs> it's right on. And I, I just want to tell you, I, I've never, when I talk about this, like even like getting drunk in the Holy Spirit, I want you to know I, I'm not one who, I've never been drunk on alcohol my entire life. And I'm not saying that to, out of boasting, I'm saying that because I want you to know that, to me, this, the connotation has nothing to do with alcohol. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians, do not get drunk on wine, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And, and in Acts 2, when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, people thought they were drunk. They weren't drinking, not anything natural, but they were drinking the new wine. And it was so intense on them that they got intoxicated on his presence 
How many of you know that the Holy Spirit wants to fill us up so much on the inside that we can't help but contain ourselves on the outside too? We, can't, we cannot contain it is what I mean to say. He wants to overwhelm us. When Jesus is talking about drinking of the river, he's not saying just, get, just quench a little moment of thirst. He's not saying if you're thirsty, have a little dab. He's not saying just, have a, just take a little cup and, and wet your tongue a little bit. As a matter of fact, his goal is to, is to get you drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking until you can't help it, until it starts filling you up from the bottom all the way up. Okay? Are you called a vessel by God? Yep, a vessel. What is a vessel? It's a holding tank for something that's liquid. Amen? There's other kinds of vessels too, but in this connotation, if the Lord is filling you with the river, he wants to fill, 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 fill until you get so full you can't hold it anymore. And then he wants to keep filling until every pore of your body gets saturated with Holy Spirit. And then he wants you to keep drinking more. Keep drinking, keep drinking, keep drinking. Don't stop because he wants to get you to the place where you can't contain it anymore, where you're not just saturated. You become oversaturated by the Holy Spirit. When you get so full, you can't help it. The rivers start flowing out of you. Come on. I feel his presence right now. Hallelujah. When I was 14 years old, I was, I was halfway going to my church youth group. I'm from, I was born and raised pretty much in Christ Fellowship Church. Does anybody know who, who Pastor Bill Roberts is by any chance? Good friend of, of Rick and Debbie's. He was the pastor that I cut my teeth on, and he, he practically raised me in his house, in the, in the church house. But when I was 14, I was kind of halfway going to youth group, but not really because I was too cool for that stuff. <clears throat> and in that summertime, when I was 14, the, our, our youth group kids started going to a new church camp because we used to go to a different one. They would start going to this new one called Harvest Ranch. Um, just, it's just east of Knightstown a little ways. They started going there, and I, I was excited about that camp. Not because I wanted to go, but because my sister was going to go and give me a week break from her being in my house. <laughs> I was excited to be able to play Super Mario Brothers and win that thing without her distracting me. That was my goal that summer. So I was, I was, I was thankful to God for a week of peace of mind. By the way, this is her, my sister's name's Amy and this is her son. This is my nephew, Kyler, up here. Everybody say hi, Kyler. <laughs> and here's Mike Jessup. Some of you may know Mike Jessup. He's a friend of mine as well. And, and they, they, spent a lot of years in the same church I'm talking about. So they're good friends, this is my family. But anyway, his mom, Amy, I was just so thankful to have a week break from her. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Siblings. But when they got back from camp, I was kind of bummed that she had to come back home. <laughs> but when she came back home, I want to tell you something, it changed my life. Because when she came back home, she was glowing. She was like radiating from the presence of God. I was like, what in the world happened to her? And she came home and she's, all she could talk about was Jesus. That, she never talked about Jesus before that. So all she could talk about was Jesus. And, and she started speaking in some crazy language. I'm like, what in the world happened to her? And my spirit started perking up inside of me. And I was like, what did I miss? You mean I gave up Super Mario Brothers? Or I, I gave that up for Super Mario Brothers? I'm like, what in the world? Then the next day was Sunday, and all the youth that would usually sit on the back row, and we'd be flipping rubber bands at each other and telling jokes, they're sitting on the front row, and they were dancing during worship and praise. What in the world are these crazy people doing? I was like, man, I was always trying to fit in and so I sat on the front row with them, not for the same reason, I was just trying to fit in. And, and Pastor Bill let each one of them, one by one, take the microphone at one point of that service and tell their testimony of how God transformed their lives by getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And I was, I was jealous. And I was, I was trying to fit in, but I couldn't because I didn't do what they did. And so one by one, off the front row, they come up there and they share their testimony. And I was the last one who didn't have the testimony, but I didn't want to be left out. So I got up and shared my testimony of what I didn't get. <laughs> but I said, but I want what they have. I, I don't want to go without this thing. And then they all surrounded me and they started praying for me. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit fell on me in a way I'd never experienced him in my life. And I fell down. I couldn't, I couldn't even get up. And I felt like the electricity of his presence filling me. And I got up and I started praying in tongues. I'd never done that before, but it was powerful. Come on. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit began changing my life. I was 14. And unfortunately... I didn't get, didn't get the full conversion of that moment. It took me about a year of, of still being kind of a half Holy Spirit person and a half heathen at school. <laughs> How many of you know you can have a baptism in the Holy Spirit experience and still live like the world? I was still living like the world, but I could still go to church and say, hey, shikarabakarabakashata. <laughs> but then I'd go to school and I'd start... I'd start passing rumors around at people for, and making fun of them and getting, getting popular in the school by making other people feel horrible about themselves. Did that until, until the tables turned on me and it started happening to me and I got to where everybody in my class and my whole school hated me and they started persecuting me, not for Jesus, but because that's what I was doing to other people. But I came to a point where I realized that the only friend that I had left was Jesus himself. And I, I, I actually turned my whole life over to him at that time. I was about 15 at this time. And I, I laid my life down to Jesus. And I said, Lord, I, I was like, I, I, all I need is you now. And he changed my life. And the Holy Spirit kept working in me. He kept, he kept rebaptizing me. He kept filling me up more. And I had, a, I had a spiritual father in my life at that time named Mick. And he would speak into my life and he'd say, Jesse, you can change this world. He said, Jesse, I see greatness in you. you you're so full of the Holy Spirit. I could see you saving multitudes of people and walking in the power of God. And he spoke that into me. And I want to tell you that as he was speaking these words into me, I started finding a destiny in the Lord. And I started believing I can change this world. It was the words of Mick, but it was actually the Holy Spirit bearing witness within me and filling me. And every time I get filled with his presence, it was, it was with purpose. And the Lord put me on a mission in my life. And by the time I graduated high school, I knew that I was going to serve him in the ministry for the rest of my life. How many of you know that you have a calling from God on your life? Come on. Now, it doesn't mean that, that we're all called into pulpit ministry, but, but you're called into whatever sphere of life that God has called you to, whether it be in education or the arts or, or you know, the, the government or healthcare or whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. The Lord wants to bring the kingdom of God into that place. Come on. And the Lord changed my life. And it was like, but I knew that I have a mission. I've got to change this world for Jesus. How many of you guys want to see more of Jesus taking over this world with his goodness? Amen? Come on. And I want to tell you that he has called you. He's called you, each one of you. And I don't care what your age bracket is. You've got a calling on your life. To, be a, to, to not be just a representation of heaven, but to be a carrier of heaven and releasing that on earth. Amen? Come on. Come on. I'm going to read you something that you guys probably read a couple of weeks ago. How many of you guys know what special holiday happened two Sundays ago? I think it was two Sundays ago. 
Pentecost? Pentecost. Did you guys talk about Pentecost that day? I had a feeling. Couldn't imagine Rick passing that opportunity up. I was actually in Orlando, Florida on Pentecost preaching at Acts 2 Church. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, huh? And, the, and I saw a sign on the wall that said seating capacity, 120. You'll see why that was important here in a minute. All right, I want to read out of Acts 1. This is right before Jesus was about to ascend back into heaven after he had been resurrected. And he said, he said John, start, starting with verse 5, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Everybody say, Holy Spirit. And verse 7, he said, it's not, no, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. Everybody say, power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. When he said you're going to be witnesses to me, he wasn't talking about us going around witnessing to people, passing out tracts about Jesus. That's what I used to think. I'm not saying that there's any problem with that, but that's not what he was talking about here. He said, you're going to be witnesses to me. Being a witness to him means we're going to watch him and see what he will do in our midst. Not what we're going to do, but what's he going to do through us in our midst. Amen? How many of you know that Jesus fully intends and plans to reveal himself through you to the world around you? He wants us all to be witnesses to what he could do if he was showing up. And he wants that. He's planning to do that daily in our lives. And you read on, and, and the, it says that 120 people started praying in the upper room, and they started praying daily because he's promised them that the Holy Spirit was going to come to them. So they're praying, and they're interceding. Maybe they're even fasting, I don't know, but, but they're, they're really going intently, praying into what God's doing until the day of Pentecost shows up. And how many of you know that a prayer meeting to get God to move before Pentecost probably looks a lot different than praying to get God to move after Pentecost? Because before Pentecost, they're praying into something that hasn't come yet. So they're tarrying, they're waiting for something to come. But I have good news for you. Since the Holy Spirit came, we don't have to tarry and wait for him to do something as if he hasn't already begun doing it. I think a lot of our modern prayer meetings are trying to get God to do something and we're in such a mode of, Lord, please do something, please do something. We're waiting, we're waiting. When are you gonna do it? And the Lord's standing there saying, why aren't you looking at me? I'm already doing it. Why don't you step into what I'm doing and make it a current reality instead of a future idea? Come on. Come on. <laughs> God hasn't... He didn't, he didn't do Pentecost so that we could keep living in a tarrying for something else to come mode, okay? He wants us to come into a, a receiving what he's already doing mode and engage with the whirlwind of heaven. He poured out the Holy Spirit and the river's flowing and it never stopped. Come on. The river does not stop. There's no drought in heaven. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you guys some good news right now because there's something, there's always more. Whatever level any of us are at, there's always more for us. Here's one of our favorite prayers at Bethel in Reading. More, Lord. That's a pretty intense prayer right there. More, Lord. You're already doing it. Let me have more. Let me have more. I want to tell you the more is not determined by God, it's determined by us. How, how wide are we going to open our valve for him to pour himself in? Come on. Chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and vision a hurricane coming into the room 
Everybody say open heavens. Open heavens. Why, why does wind blow? Wind blows because there's a, there's a higher atmospheric pressure in one place and nearby there's a lower atmospheric pressure in another place and the, the air has to move from high to low. And moving from one place to the next causes wind. How many of you know that heaven is probably the higher atmospheric place? And we're probably the lower atmospheric place. But when the heavens opened, the wind blows from one atmosphere to the next. When the wind blows, the atmosphere of heaven is being released amongst us. I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I want to tell you that when God opened the heavens, he never closed the heavens. Come on. What he did on the day of Pentecost, he didn't say this is just for now. Let's close the heavens back up. What God has opened, let no man close. Come on. When the Lord poured out the Holy Spirit, he didn't intend for it to be a holiday. He intended for it to be a new kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. I want you to imagine the pillar of fire coming down. <laughs> the pillar of fire that, that, followed, that, that led the tabernacle through the wilderness. It's the, it's the glory of God. It's not some little pencil-shaped thing. It's the fire of God. And it came into the room through the open heavens. And he set fire on each one of them. That's an impartation from heaven. Everybody say fire. The Bible says that the angels are ministers of wind and fire. They're servants to us. When the heavens open, you get the Holy Spirit and you get the hosts coming with them. Hallelujah. I have good news for you. The Holy Spirit's in here right now. I feel him all over me and he's excited right now. Hallelujah. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I've been taught much in my life that the, 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 the gift of tongues is the evidence of your baptism in the Holy Spirit. And although I think it could be an evidence, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't personally believe. And if this is different than what you've been taught, then you can flush anything I say down the toilet. You have permission for that. I personally don't believe that it is the evidence. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is the evidence. And we get tongues with that. Okay? And I, I don't believe that tongues is actually given to us to be an evidence. I believe it's given to us to be a, to be a, a strengthening, or an edification of the Spirit. It's more, it's more for me to, to, to be strengthened and to edify my spirit and to release the power out for other people than it is to be able to say, hey, look at me. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 14. Here's my proof. Like, I don't think that God gave us that so we'd go around like a badge saying, look, look what happened to me 30 years ago. It's, there's actually, there's power in it. There's power in the tongue. Okay, and, and I'm just going to throw this out there. My message is not about tongues, but just to, just to stir you a little bit. It says that they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
It doesn't say they spoke in tongues because the Spirit gave them utterance, but as he gave them utterance. And what that means is that every single time if you pray in tongues, every time you start moving that tongue and you're engaging it with your spirit, that your spirit is actually one with the Holy Spirit and he is intimately flowing through your body in current motion, flowing through you. Every time you hear a tongue coming out of your own mouth, you can know Holy Spirit is right here pouring out of you. That's the best way, that's one of the best ways I've learned to energize my spirit is by praying in that. But that's not where I'm going. Praise you, Lord. I just wanted to give you that. I want you guys to think about that, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all the people. I want you to imagine that you were one of the 12 apostles in that upper room. I want you to imagine praying and all of a sudden something breaks open in the heavens and, you, and the wind's blowing and the fire's falling and you're filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. It's powerful, isn't it? Have you guys ever done laughing at lies before? Do you know what that is? Like, like sometimes, the, sometimes whether it's the, the devil or our own belief systems or the world around us, that somehow culturally we start picking up on belief systems that's not really the way God believes. And, and something that we like to do is, is find, asking the Holy Spirit to show us any, any lies we might believe in. Because Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. And if, if you're not free in a certain area, there's a good chance there might be a lie that you are believing that's connected with the area that you need freedom in. All right? Because the devil likes to get us believing things that aren't in line with, with heaven so that we can be in an inferior mode of life. Does that make sense? So sometimes just for fun, we like to identify what a lie might be that we could have been believing and start laughing at it. Because it says in, in Psalms 2, it says that God sits on his throne and he laughs at these guys that they thought they were going to work their armies up and defeat God like, like they actually could have done that. He's like, ha, 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 you thought, you thought that you could muster up all the armies of the world and even touch me? Ha, 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 ha. How many of you know that nobody can hurt God? Amen. So that's just an example of laughing at the lies. Like, here, here's, a, here's a couple of lies, and I, I want you guys to join me. Even if you don't think it's funny, like, just give me a ha-ha-ha, just to, just to humor me for a second. Is that cool? All right. Let, let me think of a, a couple just to get you kind of engaged with it first. Okay, here's one. The Holy Spirit's not in this place. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> or right, here's another one. He must not be here because I couldn't feel him. <laughs> you get the idea? Like, like sometimes we think that he's not here because we weren't experiencing it, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit's wherever you are? Amen? So here, here's a couple other lies that I, I want us to laugh at. You ready? I, I want you to think about this for yourself. We have... We've received an inferior baptism in the Holy Spirit than Paul did. <laughs> I'm talking about the guy that wrote the most of the entire New Testament and walked in signs and wonders and, and he'd heal people wherever he'd go and he'd send handkerchiefs that he laid hands on and demons would leave them. And, and he, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and he changed the world and turned this place upside down. Amen? That's a pretty powerful baptism, isn't it? So let's think about that lie for one more second here. I, I received an inferior baptism than Paul did. <laughs> oh, man. Or here's one. There's only a handful of people in the upper room. So... The, the baptism they received was the concentrated version of the Holy Spirit, 
but there's too many of us Christians for it to be the same level, so it's diluted. <laughs> that he had to spread himself thin to give us a little piece of himself. <laughs> How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is the same person today as he was on the day of Pentecost? That he, he is not limited by quantity. He's unlimited. And he's with you right now. He's with you right now. The, the greatest capacity that you can read in the Bible of what it looks like to walk in the power of God is the same spirit that's with you right now. Come on. Come on. Not only that, the same spirit that baptized Jesus, that inaugurated his ministry, that he got to walk this earth and open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons with one word heal somebody in an entirely different part of the city just by speaking it out. The same spirit that he was baptized in is the same Holy Spirit that's in this room right now. The same Holy Spirit that goes everywhere you go because you are his temple. Come on. I wanna tell you something. For some reason, we've been lied to, maybe not by any person, but by society or by religion or just by our own experiences that makes us think that I don't have what the apostles had in that book. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to believe he's the same person. That he's just as available to you as he was to them. And it's not just about you going out there and doing crazy deeds and saying silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you and pulling crippled people up. Although that can come with it, but we don't have to put pressure on ourselves to try to look like the way somebody else did it. God wants to manifest his power and his presence in each of our lives and still retain our own personalities, our own identities and that we could express them in our own ways. We don't have to try to look like Benny Hinn or whoever else. Amen? He just wants to, he just want you to be a witness to him by manifesting his power and his presence in your life. When Jesus said that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power, that word is dunamis. And the word dunamis is, it, it actually, the word dynamite comes from that word and it's the explosive, dynamic power of God. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm four, I was 14, I'm 42 now. He changed the course of my life and I've not wavered in wanting to change this world since. And I wanna tell you that, that we all have a destiny that's bigger than what we're living in right now. Every one of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to engage us. He wants to empower us. He wants to be intimate with us. He wants to be our friend. It's not just about fireworks. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is not a power and he's not a force? He's a person. He wants to be our friend. Hallelujah. I was in pursuit of him and I started pressing into him and, and dedicating time to seek his face. And I went to Bible college in Ohio for a year. And while I was there, I started pulling away in, in secret and started praying in my prayer language for an hour straight sometimes, just seeking his face. And, and he started activating the power and the anointing in my life. And I wanna tell you that the more I would steward time with him, how many of you know that the more time you spend with somebody, the more you're gonna start looking like that person and acting like that person? The more we spend time with him, the more he gets activated in our lives. And I'd start feeling his power flowing through my hands. I could feel electricity and it felt like liquid anointing just going through my hands. 
And he, he was cultivating an anointing in my life. How many of you know that we all have been given an anointing by the Holy Spirit? It says so in 1 John 2. How many of you know that, that if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you already have a fire burning inside of you? Come on. The fire of God lives in you. If you've been born again, And Paul told Timothy to fan into flame the gift which has been imparted to you. Fan it into flame. Sometimes we're spending our time tarrying, waiting for God to pour something out on us as if he's reserved it for another day or he's holding back until we get ourselves right to be worthy to receive something that Jesus already paid the price to give us now. Sometimes what we're waiting for him to do, he's just waiting for us to engage with it. Fan into flame that fire that's already in you. Come on. Come on. How many of you guys are hungry for more of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to I just read a couple more verses, and then I'm going to close it up here. Um, <clears throat> After Peter received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, who just a few days before was filled with so, so much fear that he denied the one who he said he'd lay his life down for. But he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he became the boldest preacher of all of them. How many of you know that when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you start losing your care about what anybody else thinks about you? And I can tell you that for me, whenever I'm feeling drunk in the Holy Spirit, that loses all inhibitions, inhibitions, my concerns about what people think. The fear of man gets dissipated. Hallelujah. But here's what Peter started preaching to all those people that gathered around him when they thought they were drunk. And he, he starts speaking this, and he starts actually quoting out of the prophet Joel. And here's what he said. He said, it shall come, come to pass in the last day, says God. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. How many of you know that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is not for any particular generation? It's for every age. Come on. That's awesome. We don't, we don't outgrow this thing. It's for, it's, it's for every day, every breath of our life, till the end. We gotta be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, if you're, a, if you're a, ser a servant or a master, it doesn't matter, it's for all people. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who's thankful for that word? Come on. Come on. And here's what I want to say. He says this is for the, this is for the sons and daughters, it's for the young men and, and women, it's also for the old men and women. That's awesome. And it says that the young, the young ones will see visions. And it says the old ones will dream dreams. That sounds like, this whole thing sounds like revival to me. How many of you know that revival, it can, can be fads that come and go, and we can kind of even get burnt out on the term revival, but when you're talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this is, this is the Bible version of revival. It is not a fad, and it does not get old, okay? Young men shall see visions. Old people are going are gonna to dream dreams. 
And I, I believe that has to do with encounters where we see things in the spirit and dreams where we, dreams of the night. But I, I wanna tell you something, I believe that that's more than just that. I believe it's saying that when the Holy Spirit comes in you, young people are gonna have visions, which is gonna give them vision for their lives. Destiny, purpose, somewhere to go to change the world. I got a vision from my life when I was 15 years old, 14 and the 15, that's, that's set the course of my life. But I wanna tell you, it also says old people are gonna dream dreams. And I wanna tell you something, God doesn't just wanna give you dreams in the night, he wants to give you permission to dream again. That he, he's saying the best days are not behind you. He wants you to dream into what God can do in your life. Dream again, what can the Lord do to, to change the world through you? What can God do to, to fill you and to manifest his presence and power through you, amen? Come on, I, I just wanna leave you guys with this right now. The Holy Spirit wants to release more presence into your life. I don't, even if you're having the most dynamic times with God in your life right now, there's more for you, amen. There's more, more Lord, more Lord. If you're dry spiritually, the Lord wants to give you refreshing in his spirit. He wants to quench your thirsty soul. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but it feels like it's been something that is a memory from the past, he wants to rebaptize you in the Holy Spirit. I like to get baptized in the Holy Spirit as often as I can. It's not something I get to write in the front of my Bible to say this is when it happened. It's something I get to live in continually as a present reality. So the Holy Spirit wants to ignite you with a fresh baptism. And he wants to give you more purpose, more purpose than just the day in, the day out routine. He wants to give you destiny. He wants to give you vision for your life. And you, some of you may already be walking in vision. He wants to enhance your vision. We say more Lord and he's saying more son, more daughter. There's more for you. There's more for you. You can change this world. You can change this world. I declare over each person in here right now, you can change this world. Hallelujah. God's calling us into greater things. This is a season of engaging at a higher level with the kingdom of God, releasing heaven on earth. Hallelujah. This is the time. It's vintage time. It's vintage time. This is the time, guys, to let the Holy Spirit invade you and then through you invade the earth. Does anybody want some more of that? Awesome. Well, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna turn it over to Rick and he's gonna do whatever he does at this point. And then after that, um, I'm gonna have Mike join me and we're gonna just lay hands on anybody who wants to, after, after Rick releases you, we're gonna lay hands on anybody that just wants us to, to release impartation on you for, for the more. We wanna release more Holy Spirit and whoever's wanting more of that. Is that all right? Is that okay, Rick? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes. 